Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 15. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We have to be careful that we don't have the us four no more club. You'll get that on the way home. (laughs) We're partners. You know, Presbyterians, Baptists, we may have these disagreements and little areas of non-essentials, but we are partners. Amen, saints? Seeking to get the gospel out. Nobody's more important than the other. We're partners. You know, I remember my pastor told me years ago, he said, Rodney, in the church... There are no big eyes and little U's. Isn't that true? I like that. There's no big eyes. Nobody's more important than another. We're partners together. Not only does Paul have a partnership ministry, point number one, but point number two, he has a priestly ministry. Would you go ahead and look at verse 16 again in your Bibles? That I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Now the word minister, listen, could also be translated priest. And a priest is a go-between between God and the people. So in the temple, if you've been around here on Wednesday nights, you know that in the temple, the priest would offer sacrifices to God. In other words, listen, Paul is saying, I have a priestly duty of offering sacrifices to God. And the offering, watch this, that Paul is giving to God is the Gentiles that he brought to faith in Christ. Hmm. Now, when a Jewish person, listen close, when a Jewish person read this, they would say, what? Because if you know your temple history, you know the temple was divided into several areas. And one of the areas that the temple was divided into, actually it was the largest area, was called the court of the Gentiles. And the court of the Gentiles, if if you tried to go past the court of the Gentiles, there was this marble wall. And on the marble wall, there was a plaque that read, death to any Gentile who crosses this line. So the Gentiles were excluded and couldn't come to God. But what Paul is saying here in verse 16 is he saying, as a priest, they are the holy, they, the Gentiles, are the holy offering of God. Is that not beautiful to you? Because Jews didn't like Gentiles. Jews thought that Gentiles were fodder for the flames of hell. They thought Gentiles were dogs. Jews didn't like Gentiles. So Paul is saying that he has, he is offering as a priest, metaphorically speaking, 
He's saying that I'm offering the Gentiles unto God. In other words, the Gentiles can come to God. They can come close to God. Unlike the temple area that says, stay away, back away, Gentile. Paul says they're an offering unto God. You getting that? Shake your head if you're getting it. Some of y'all doing this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, it says this, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the wall of separation. Now listen, Paul is talking about, in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is talking about the wall in the temple that had that plaque on it that said, Death to the Gentiles. So because, get this, of Jesus, you know this. We can all come to God. Amen, saints? Because of Jesus, the wall that separated the Jew from the Gentile has been broken down. God has made one new man in Christ Jesus, and we call him or her the Christian. There's only three classes of people in the Bible. There's Jew, there's Gentile, and somebody help me, and there's Christian. Jesus broke down the wall that separated us. And so now, listen, God doesn't love Jews more than he loves Gentiles. God doesn't love black people more than he loves white people. God doesn't love white people more than he loves Hispanic people. God doesn't love Baptist people more than he loves Assemblies of God people. He doesn't love non-denominationalists. Shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. He doesn't love non-denominationalists more than he loves denominationalists. Thank you, Lord. He doesn't love doctors more than he loves lawyers. You might want to think about that one for a minute. Actually, one of my good friends is, is an attorney, and... Uh, and, uh, and he, his wife is here, and I won't point her out, and, uh, but, uh, but I love y'all anyway, and I'm not going to even look their way. You see, now get this, now get this, stay with me here. Paul is talking about being a priest metaphorically from the standpoint of evangelism only. In other words, listen, Paul would tell someone how to get saved, and then they would pray and receive Christ. And then he would offer them to God. But once they are converted, listen, Paul is no longer their priest. Get this. The new convert becomes a priest unto God. In other words, once a person becomes a convert, the convert becomes a priest. The Bible teaches, perhaps you might want to write this down. The Bible teaches the priesthood of all believers. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9 tells us, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own, what saints? Special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. In other words, listen, every believer is a priest and has access to God. There are no go-betweens. Somebody say amen. Amen. 
First Timothy tells us there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. There are no go-betweens. Now listen, I come from a Catholic background. And I remember as, you know, I, you guys know I went to Catholic school from one grade one through the 10th grade and I got kicked out and that's another sermon. And I remember being in Catholic school all of those years, you know, I I had learned in that environment that I needed to go to the priest if I wanted to be forgiven of sin or if I wanted to go to God. Anybody else? Okay, good. That's a lot of you. And and, and I had been told that, you know, like, it's like you go to the priest and the priest talks to Mary and Mary talks to the saint and the saint and the saint talks to Jesus and Jesus talks to the father. And then the father tells Jesus, Jesus tells the saint, the saint tells Mary and Mary tells the father and the father tells you. Well, listen, it's like, man, if I wanted to hear from God or get a prayer answer, boy, I better start early because we got a process we got to work through. But the Bible teaches that we can now come boldly to the throne of grace to receive help and grace and mercy in a time of need. So the convert, I'll wait, go ahead. So, so the convert becomes a priest. The Bible teaches the priesthood of all believers. We don't need to go to anyone. We don't need to go through Mary to get to the Father. Somebody say amen. Amen. You know, that reminds me of this story, perhaps you've heard it, of this cute little boy. Listen, this cute little five-year-old Mexican-American boy living in East L.A. in the barrio. And he really wanted a skateboard, but his mom and dad couldn't afford it. They live in a small apartment, and in the apartment, they have a small little altar set up with candles and a picture of religious settings and a statue of Mary. And so the little boy grabbed his rosary beads And he starts praying. He says, oh, God, please, on my birthday, would you bring me a skateboard? Everyone has one. Could I have one, too? Well, his birthday came and went, and no skateboard. Well, Christmas comes around, and he gets before the altar once again, and he said said his Hail Marys, and he said, God, I really want a skateboard. Could I have one for Christmas? Well, his parents couldn't afford it, and no skateboard. Well, after about a month, he once again went before the family altar, lit the candles, and suddenly he reached up, and he grabbed the statue of Mary, and he ran out of sight. Well, he came back to the altar, and he said, now, God, if you ever want to see your mother again. (laughs) My Catholic brothers and sisters can appreciate that. You know, we don't need to go to anybody. We come directly to Jesus. Isn't that good news? We come directly to Jesus. Point number three, we got to move on. Notice Paul talking about he had a partnering ministry and a priestly ministry. And notice Paul also had a powerful preaching ministry in verses 17 through 21. Paul was metaphorically a priest, but literally he was a preacher. Paul was a powerful, fiery preacher, and I like that. Somebody once said, I should remind you, I've told you before, if you're a minister, you're a preacher. Somebody once said, put some fire in your sermon, or what? Put your sermon in the fire. Amen. (laughs) There is nothing more painful. (laughs) I I can't think of anything more painful. Stick 
pins in my eyes. But I can't think of anything more painful than listening to someone who is boring about the gospel. This is the most exciting book you shall ever read. I can't even imagine. Only half the audience agrees with that. I can't believe it. I, I, I can't imagine somebody taking God's word and making it boring. Listen, this book is exciting. God has a sense of humor and it's fun. And you should take the time to read it. And if you're a preacher, please do it passionately. Don't be boring and wow. The Lord said, judgment. Be like, <laughs> people come to me all the time, but honestly, pretty regularly, and they say, you know what, Pastor? That was a really great sermon. And I got to tell you, I didn't fall asleep one time. <laughs> you ever hear something you're like, is that a compliment? Is there a compliment in there somewhere? Because I'm reaching for it there. <laughs> Paul loved God's word. And he was a powerful preacher of the gospel. And the reason why he was a powerful preacher of the gospel, because look at verse 17. He says, I will glory in Christ. And I will only speak of those things that Christ has accomplished in me in word and deed. Listen, when Paul bragged, listen, Paul was a bragger. Paul loved to brag. There's nothing wrong with bragging. You're like, what, Rodney? I never heard that before. No, there's nothing wrong with bragging as long as you're bragging and boasting in the Lord. Amen? Amen? amen. Bragging and boasting in yourself, that stinks. You can say amen right there. It's true. Yeah. But Paul, when he bragged, he bragged about God. He didn't brag about how many degrees he had from a prominent theological seminary. He didn't brag about how many people he had coming to the church. He bragged about what God had done. Paul was humble and Paul had integrity. Notice the Bible tells us in word and deed, what Christ has accomplished in me in word and deed. I like that. People heard it and people saw it. Isn't that awesome? Paul was also powerful because he wasn't doing the ministry in the flesh. He was empowered by the Spirit of God in verse 19 with mighty signs and wonders. As Paul traveled and preached the gospel, signs and wonders followed. People would be healed. People would be set free. People would be delivered during Paul's ministry. But signs and wonders, I got to tell you this, followed the message. You write that down. You remember that. Signs and wonders follow the message Signs and wonders should never precede the message. And what we're seeing today is people are following signs and wonders. Do you realize Paul's whole life wasn't filled with signs and wonders? Paul didn't wake up in the morning and go, well, I'm going to claim my miracle today. <laughs> it's true. As a matter of fact, contrary, look, Paul talks about being in jail he talks about being beaten. There were times he was hungry and starving and naked and cold and homeless. His life wasn't filled with signs and wonders. Listen, the book of Acts is not filled with signs and wonders. 
Do you realize the book of Acts is written over a 30-year period, and there are approximately 30 miracles in the book of Acts? Hello, that's only about one a year. Now, please understand me. I believe in signs and wonders. I'm about to go to India, and I see them all the time, to tell you the truth. I see them all the time in India and places that I go to do missions work. I see them here in the United States. I know people who've been healed by God. And I believe in signs and wonders, but I believe that signs and wonders should follow the message and not the other way around. Would somebody say amen? amen. And, and Paul was, uh, signs and wonders followed his message. And God did a great work with him. And then he traveled 1,400 miles from Jerusalem to Elycrium. Four, get this, 1,400 miles of preaching the gospel faithfully on foot. Man. Some of us won't go across the street. I won't ask you to stand and let us see who you are. Man, we won't go to the guy in the cubicle next, the next cubicle and say, hey, you know the Lord? Are you a Christian? Hey, let me tell you about God. Say something. Say something. Say something. Put a CD, a Christian CD on. Drop a seed. Do something. Oh, no, but I don't want to be like identified with the Christian people. I mean, I just kind of, I'll go to church, but I don't want to tell anybody I'm a Christian. That's weird. I'm sorry. Wasn't that deep and theological? That's weird. It just is. We need to tell people about our faith. We need to be people who share the gospel and take the gospel out. Here Paul is traveling from Jerusalem to Elycrium, it's in a circuit, by the way, if you look on a map, 1,400 miles. He had a partnering ministry, a priestly ministry, a preaching ministry, and a pioneering ministry. Notice Paul was talking about in verse 20 through 21. Would you go ahead and peek at it? Paul was a foundation layer. Paul was called to bring the gospel to new people, to bring people in the kingdom, and he would take it to new areas. Paul wanted to boldly go where no man has gone before. You know, he said, I don't want to build on another man's foundation. And again, he reaches back to Isaiah 52, 15, which fulfills that prophecy. And please don't, don't misunderstand me here. It's not wrong to build, quote unquote, on another man's foundation. I think if you're going to do that in the church environment, you should do it respectfully. And that's much I want to say about that. But we also need to consider to take the gospel to places where people have not heard it. Amen. You know, where everybody wants to start a church down the street from the church that's already existing. Okay, y'all. It's true. You know, listen, how about going somewhere? And I really believe when you take that kind of step of faith, God does great things. I'm a witness. I know. I didn't know any of you when I first got here. And you didn't know me. And... uh Praise God, now I, I know you all. And some I wish I didn't know. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's just a joke. Clay is just a joke, man. It's just a joke. I can say that because he did a great job on Wednesday night, by the way. He did a great job on Wednesday night. And uh, let's be mindful not to build on another man. That's what Paul is saying. Well, let's wrap this up in verse 22 and verse, through verse 33 and then... Okay, watch me. All right. Oh, ye of little faith. Watch me. Who want to bet me dinner at Ruth Chris? 
Any takers? I didn't think so. <laughs> look at verse 22. If you're looking at it, say amen. For this reason, I also have been much hindered from coming to you. Now, that could be God hindering to him too, so be careful. You know, we think Satan's hindering. Well, that could be God because it's not God's timing. He's in Corinth at this time writing to the church at Rome. He says, I've been hindered from coming to you, but now no longer having a place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come to you. Whenever I journey to Spain, I shall come to you for I hope to see you on my journey and to be helped on my way there by you. If first I may enjoy your company for a while. But now in verse 25, I'm going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. And it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. It pleased them indeed, and they are their debtors. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister them in material things. That makes sense. Therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, this gift, this financial contribution, I shall come by way of you to Spain. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayer to God. Pastor Paul says, pray for me. And here's what I want you to pray for me that I may be delivered from those in Judea or Judah, Judea who do not believe and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. And I want you to pray that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you. Now the God of peace be with you all. See, he was from the South. Paul's from the South. It's right there. It's in the Bible. He says, you all, it's right there. The God of peace be with you all. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. Now, before you shut your Bibles, listen, Paul had this desire to go to Rome to visit. And you know the story. If you know your Bibles, you've been around here in the book of Acts, you know he wanted to get to Rome, but he didn't get to Rome the way he wanted to get to Rome. Actually, he went to Rome at, on an all-expense-paid trip because he had to go appeal his case to Caesar. You know that. Acts 21, 22, read that. But notice he wanted to bring this financial offering. The believers in Macedonia, in verse 26, listen, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia took up an offering to give to the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem because the Jews in Jerusalem and that church was poor. And the reason why they were poor, largely because, remember, when they first became a church, they expected the Lord to come immediately. They had this expectation of the coming of the Lord. And so everybody sold all things that they had, and they had all things in common. Well, they ran out of resources. They also were poor because there was a famine in that part of the world during that time. And also, they were poor because when many of the Jews became Christians, they lost everything like it is today. If you become a Christian, you turn your back on your family, or they feel you're turning your back on your family, and you lose everything. You lose temple rights. You lose the ability to do business, because if you become a Christian, nobody will come and buy things from you. So it really caused a financial hardship 
on the church. And the Gentiles in Macedonia and Achaia took up an offering to give to Paul so that Paul could give that money to the church in Jerusalem. And Paul says, well, hey, the Gentiles have been partakers of spiritual things because the gospel comes to them by way of the Jewish people. Well, then it's the right thing if the Jewish people become partakers of material things. If you're listening, say amen. amen. It's a right thing. So Paul had a partnering ministry, a priestly ministry, a preaching ministry, a pioneering ministry, and then a prayerful ministry in verse 30. You see that word strive? That word means to fight. It means to press. It means to contend. And Paul says, I need your prayers. I need your prayers in three areas to be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea. Verse 31, that the contribution of the poor would be received because if the Jewish church refused it, the Gentiles would get offended. And Paul's been talking about, you know, the offense of one Christian to another in chapter 14 and chapter 15. And he says, finally, pray that it would be God's will for him to get to Rome by the will of God. And now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Now, listen, listen, Paul was a preacher. We know he was a preacher because what does a preacher mean when he says in closing? Nothing, absolutely nothing. And we know Paul was a preacher because he says, may the God of peace be with you all. Amen. And then chapter 16. (laughs) You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.